Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. This is Eden, and I'm here with Kim. This is Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Welcome. Hi, Kim. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so today we have um, a great guest. We're going to be focusing this episode on fear, especially with what's going on in the world now, what's been going on for the past year, over a year now. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of people that are being triggered by not only COVID, but lots of other emotions that are coming up. So hoping to dig into, go deep into that with our, our guests um, and whatever other circumstances and traumas have been, people have been going through. I know I've been going through a lot, Kim, I think you've experienced a lot and a lot of people that we know. Yeah, I think fear is something common that everybody experiences at one time or another, or maybe even daily for some. And the thing that I've found is that it's scary. It sounds scary and fear, but it's scary when you're in it because you have to remind yourself yeah. that you can get through it and you will come out on the other side, lighter, happier, freer. It is possible to shift it and overcome it. And even me with, you know, going through a lot of changes and hormonal issues and, and where I really felt gross two weeks out of every month, I started developing PTSD that mm. it would happen again. Like, cause I never knew when I was going to feel scary and disgusting from the, the symptoms. And, um, I've done so much work, like worked with healers and worked with Robin and, um, our, our guest and, um, done a lot of, of writing and releasing and prayer and, and methods to shift that fear. Yeah. And it really works because I, I really feel so much different and so much better and clearer. So it definitely works if you use the right tools and you know, you know what it is and how to shift it. Yeah. And I can relate because I went through a lot of fear growing up and I always thought there was something wrong with me um, until I found out that I'm just a medium. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But yeah, there's, there's been a lot of that that has been triggered for me through COVID and some other things that have gone on um, that have have really triggered that inner child fear. And finally, today, I have the tools to work through that, though. And hopefully, we're going to find out even better tools from our next, next guest today. I'm really excited to talk to her because fear is a topic I think both you, Kim, and I have 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 had a lot of tr struggle with. Right, right. Yes. And then, and that goes to show that, you know, both of us have worked on ourselves for years intensely. Yeah. And even those of us who have worked on ourselves and are healers and, and do this type of work get fear coming in because we're human. And I think that the gift in it is that you, you have a lot of tools that you've developed and you know to seek help that sometimes when you're in it, you need to go outward and seek help to mm -hmm. shift whatever you're going through. And so the first person that came to mind to come on this episode for this topic is Robin Duncan, who I've known for years now. I think, gosh, I think I've known her 11 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I have worked with her. I've done, you know, she's done healing on me. She's done healing on my daughters. And I've seen her speak. She's spoken at some of my events. Um, just all kinds of things through the years. And um, she's just one of those people I was telling Eden, I said, I wish I could have you meet her in person because she has this angelic, high vibration, joyful energy. And so you want to just be around her and give her a hug. So I'm going <laughs> to tell you about her. She is a spiritual lecturer in Course in Miracles. She's the executive producer and host of A Course in Miracles.tv. And she's author of Miracles in Prayer, 150 Prayers for Everyday Living. She's also a speaker, author, teacher, hypnotherapist, healer, EFT practitioner, which by the way, I did her course and got certified in hypnotherapy. Um, I think that was a week long 
course. That was amazing. She also does sound therapy, life coaching, meditations, and more. And then you guys have to go to her website, miraclecenterstore.com. And it has everything from videos, courses, books, guided meditations, ringtones on fear, and everything else you want to get help with and learn about. So welcome, Robin. All right. Thank you so much, Kim. That was such a nice introduction. And we do go back a long time, don't we? 11 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's, 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 when, when, my, when Noella was little, now she's like, she's this teenager. <laughs> I know. She was a little girl when we would be together. So it's so I would love to see her, too. And now that she's growing up. Yeah, she's doing really well. Oh. <laughs> Um, so tell us, Robin, tell us more about what you do and can you expand on what A Course in Miracles is? All right. Well, for those that have not heard of A Course in Miracles or maybe you've heard, but you don't really know what it is, it is a spiritually based curriculum. I would say it is a gift to the world. It actually came through someone. Her name is Helen Shookman, came back in the uh, mid 70s. She actually started hearing a voice. I know that sounds a little odd, but she started hearing a voice, didn't really know what it was saying and started writing it down in shorthand. And lo and behold, it was a very deeply spiritual text. And she actually asked the voice finally, like, who is this? And he said, I am your elder brother, Jesus. And so you'll see from the writings after studying it, you'll see that a human just could not have written it. It's so divine, so consistent, so filled with love. And it really teaches us how to lay down fear. You know, it's not meant to replace anything. It's not meant to eliminate anything. It is simply a tool to help us to lay down the fear because so many of us have been stuck in that fear mode and didn't know how to get out. And you can do affirmations all day long, or you can hang out with a happy person. And sometimes it just isn't getting the job done. And so this curriculum really helps to undo the fear in your mind so that your natural state of peace can emerge and it's already there. You know, it's the undoing of what never was so that what is true about you can emerge and shine as it is intended to. Okay. Because a lot of times our fear is not real. It's not true. It's like sort of like a lie that we tell ourselves. It's kind of like this, like if I were to block my eyes from the light, the fear is like my hand that's blocking the light. The light is still there, but Mm. I become unaware of it. So when I am engaging fear, I like to put like fear over here and peace over here or darkness over here and light over here. When I engage one, we learn in A Course in Miracles that you disengage from the other, not meaning that God leaves you or anything. It just means that it's almost like we have doors in our mind and only one door can be open at a time. Mm. So when we start listening to this part of our mind that is in fear, A Course in Miracles calls it the ego. When we listen to that, we disengage from our higher God intelligence. And then we start feeling vulnerable and frail and powerless and scared. So that's why those, those feelings of fear come from disengaging from what is real and true about us and, and starting to engage in what is not so. And then it, then we get scared. Wow. Oh, how did you get, how did you, what about you? How did you get started in this and becoming what all the things you do. Gosh, would I say a trauma like everybody else, right? (laughs) You go through a tough time in your life. And then I guess you get on your knees in prayer. That's what I did. And I always believed in God. But you know, you really start reaching deeply when you need that help. And so I said, God, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. But I my life is a mess. You know, I I was coming out of a 16 year marriage. I had two little kids at the same time, my CFO position, the whole office was shutting down. It all happened in the same month. And so it was just so much to bear. It's like you're spinning all those plates and then they all come crashing down at the same time. So you start reaching for something that helps. And I was met right away with helpful people, helpful curriculum. It's like God is just right there, ready to go anytime we're really seeking answers. And so then all of a sudden I, I actually met my friend, Terry, who's now my husband of 20 years. We just celebrated 20 years last month. 
And uh, he mm -hmm. actually introduced me to A Course in Miracles. And at first, he would just have all these lovely words to say. And whenever I needed a little boost or inspiration, you know, he would just whip out this beautiful sentence. And I thought, how do you know how to pray like that? And he said, mm -hmm. oh, it's just this book I'm reading. It's called A Course in Miracles. And I thought, I need a copy of that book. And once we started reading that together, we banked thousands of hours of just talking about it, praying about it thinking about it. And it really, it just heals your mind from the inside out. And so here today, you know, I'm a spiritual lecturer on A Course in Miracles. And it always tickles me when people say, how do you know how to pray like that? Because I asked that same question of him, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of light each other's torch along the way. And pretty soon you're instead of the student, you're in the teacher role, but we're always students, right? Always. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that A Course in Miracles has helped me immensely. And I, I have not read the entire thing, which I, I need to, but I read the whole teacher's edition. And then I've read lots and lots of different pages throughout the years. And I feel it's shifted how I speak. It's shifted how I handle things as well, for sure. It sure does. And I think... I think the message that came through today when I was just praying about what would you like me to share, you know, I always come from that place and I feel like the message is that everyone listening, you are not alone and don't assume you're alone. Don't act like you're alone, you know, pray, ask, reach, listen, because there is help. And there's so many times when I thought I was at my bottom and I would reach up and then something happens, you know, whether it's somebody calls or all of a sudden you feel better or there's going to be a shift. But I think sometimes we try to battle things by ourselves in A Course in Miracles in the lessons. There's 365 lessons in the middle of the book, one for each day of the year. And in one of those lessons, it says that if you are trying to solve things yourself, you have every reason to be apprehensive and anxious. Mm -hmm. So when you're feeling anxious, I want you to use that like an alarm clock, like, oh, gosh, I must be trying to solve this myself again, and then pause and then kind of back up consciously back up out of the situation. And I love these three words from A Course in Miracles. They are decide for me decide for me. So you're calling on that God intelligence. You might call it Holy Spirit. You might call it God, higher consciousness, but you're calling on this very clear place in your mind to decide for you. You know, maybe you're going into a job interview and you're just terrified and you feel like you are the right person, but you're worried that you'll screw it up in the interview. So before you decide on it not going well, then you want to make a reservation for peace. That's what I call it. It's kind of like calling ahead for dinner. You know how we make a reservation? Yeah. If you don't, you know how you usually don't get a table. It doesn't work out so well. Same thing with peace. You want to call ahead for peace. So you can just say, you know, dear God, I make a reservation for peace about this interview. You decide for me about what I say, what I do, how it comes out of my mouth. And I want the highest, happiest, most remarkable outcome. Show me how this can work, you know, and I'm willing to allow it to be a great experience. You know, I think one of the things I learned along the way is a key point is not that we have perfect thoughts. It's not that we're great listeners because sometimes we aren't. The biggest thing I think is to not decide against yourself. You know, when you go into that interview and you're saying, I don't know, you know, I never interview well, or last time it didn't work out. I mean, if we could just not do that and skip mm that you are well on your way to a happy outcome because when you engage higher consciousness you're assured of a peaceful outcome you are you're i've never in all these years gave a situation to god and walked away and said oh that was a mess never it always always works out so when you turn it over you can expect it to work out but if we decide against ourselves or we hold on to that negative expectation then we're engaging that part of our mind over here and then that doorway to what is true and real will feel like it's closed it's never closed it's like my hand covering my eyes it feels like the light went out the light did not go out there's just something blocking it so when anyone out there is feeling fearful, 
use it like an alarm clock, not to judge yourself, but to say, oh, I must be trying to solve this on my own. Maybe I need some help here. Let's bring in the posse, you know, let's bring mm-hmm. the higher consciousness that already knows the best way through this situation. Wow. I could I listen to know. you for hours. I just I want know. to <laughs> listening. Awesome. Kim, let's not, let's not ask any questions. Just have her talk. <laughs> oh, um, this already is so helpful and, yeah. and such a good reminder because um, I, what's been really helping me is I, I imagine gold light coming down and I just say, God is within me and around me. And I remind myself throughout the day and that's been really helping as well. But I love this because it's true. We, it's, I think there's so many people that feel that it's not okay to pray for every little thing. Why not? You know, it's in God, God wants that, but people go, oh no, I'm only supposed to pray for something when it's chaotic or a disaster. And that's not true. And I think that you're telling us that we can for any little thing, any little thing, you know, may I share a a quick little miracle story that came the very first time that I was really trying to ask even over the simple things. And it was years and years ago. And I thought, okay, so in A Course in Miracles, he's saying, ask me what you should do, how you should do it, what you should say, not to be controlled, but to tap into this one part of yourself that's high and clear and loving and available that can guide you in everything you do. So I thought, all right, I'll start with something I don't normally ask about and I'll start there, something simple. So I went into my closet and I asked God, what should I wear today? Well, what I was planning was a meeting with a doctor actually to talk about EFT. He wanted to know more about it, maybe share it with some of his patients. I was excited. He was excited. And so I, it was August, it was hot. I walked into my closet and then I just decided to follow what is peaceful, what makes sense. And after you've prayed and asked for help, I want you to follow what is peaceful and compelling without question, because sometimes you won't even understand what you're putting together. So I pulled things out of my closet. One thing was a little black short sleeve top that was odd. And then a little plaid skirt and some dark stockings and heels. And I thought that is the strangest outfit ever. It's (laughs) August. I'm meeting someone for the first time. You're telling me to wear black. Like what is going on? But I used to argue a little more. Now I don't argue at all, but I thought, what is going on here? So I went, I got ready. I sat down and, and was doing some things at my desk before I was ready to leave. And my phone rings. It's the doctor. He said, you know, I can't quite uh, make it there today because my water heater just flooded my office. So I'm not going to be able to come. And then I hang up the phone and, you know, I'm new to all this at this point. And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, God, you know, you could have told me he's going to cancel. You know, I would just talk out loud to God. So I used to have back talk. I kind of was a teenager (laughs) in my spirituality. So I sat there and then all of a sudden my phone rang again. This time it was my aunt and she was crying and I said, what's going on? And she said, well, I just came back into town and I found out my best friend passed away. Mm. And she said, will you pray with me? Because I can't go to her funeral. She said, it's up in Hollywood and I don't have transportation and I'm not planning on going, but I just feel so sad. And will you just pray with me? What do you think I was wearing? (laughs) I was wearing the black for what? Uh, funeral. Funeral. Yeah. And I looked down and I said, when's that funeral? And it was exactly, it was about 40 minutes away from us. And right then it was like 1230. We pulled in at 120. I swept her up. I got her to her best friend's funeral. I stood in the back and I just wept because I thought, wow, I gave, <laughs> weeping again. It's like <laughs> you give something so simple to God mm-hmm. and he uses it in such a profound way. Because if I had to get ready and all that, I don't know that we would have made it. And it's like I had to be ready to launch like right there so we could park and get there. And it started like right as we walked up and she got to be in the front row and, and do what she did. But do you see that even the simplest things can be used for that divine purpose? And we are always blessed by it. Right. So that's kind of what it looks like among hundreds of other experiences like that. And so I share those all the time. Yeah. So we have to trust. I keep getting so many goosebumps. Mm -hmm. That's a good sign. 
So right. what about what about if someone has intense fear left over from childhood that gets triggered? How do we keep that from affecting us in our adult life? You know, I think the first step is to remind yourself every day, a hundred times if you need to, that you are not your past and you are not alone and that your past does not define you. You know, we think the story of us is the story, but it couldn't be further from the truth. But it's almost like we have a little cart behind us and we bring it with us, you know. So lay down the cart, even visually lay down the cart, even five minutes, five minutes will break you from the habit of bringing it with you and just go straight to God and bring whatever's hurting you. You know, God, this life of mine has been haunting me my whole life and I can't seem to break out of it you know, will you please show me how I can find my freedom through it? And you will be answered. You know, one of the things I asked God was, will you teach me unconditional love? I knew how to love. I knew people that loved each other, but love just seemed conditional. It's like, if you didn't say what somebody wanted, or you didn't do what somebody wanted, it felt like there was withdrawal of love. And I wanted to know what is this unconditional love thing, you know, and in terms of couples and, and all that. So I, I said, God, would you teach me? And at the time I was not in my current relationship and I know all about unconditional love. Now I don't question it. It's not even a thought that I don't know what it is. And now I know it, I can teach it. I can share it. I experience it. Like if you ask, you will be answered again. As we talked about at the beginning, one of the biggest things is to not decide against yourself or anyone else. Yeah. If you decide against someone else, it's the same thing because we are actually one. And so that our ego is that fearful part of the mind. It's always trying to get you to judge another person because that will secure that you're over here instead of over here in your listening. I call this side your teacher of pain and this side, your teacher of peace. And it almost feels like angel devil, that kind of thing. But you have two teachers talking to you all the time. One is our teacher, Christ, consciousness, the teacher of peace. One is the teacher of pain, the ego, the one we created. That one is loud. It's obnoxious. It's relentless. It will not stop talking. And so we listen and we forgive ourselves. But these are the things you, through the course, you learn how to sort these things out and realize when you are listening to something that is not going to serve anyone ever. <laughs> and you can redirect and not do it yourself, but redirect to the teacher that is within you that has the answers. Hmm. Right. Okay. Wow. Profound. So one of your lecture lectures that is called Diffusing the Table Legs of Fear Another one is called undoing the fear. Can you talk about these and how do we do this? Sure. So when you're looking at fear or a problem, you know, whatever it is, I like to look at it almost like it's a tabletop. The tabletop is the problem and the table legs are those aspects that are holding the problem in place. You know, let's say you feel you have a terrible relationship with someone and you really want it to heal. So let's say the tabletop is the terrible relationship and you have this great fear around it, like falling down, you know? So the table legs each represent different aspects of the problem. Really, they are beliefs that we carry that are holding that tabletop in place. So what happens is in a painful relationship, one of the table legs might be, well, this person is always this way. You have a belief this person is always this way. They're just difficult. They're disrespectful and they don't listen. So maybe that's a table leg. Maybe there's another table leg that says that I screwed up. I shouldn't have done this. And now I'm experiencing that. So maybe there's a table leg that says I'm the problem. Maybe there's another table leg that's feeding into the conflict that says we just never have any time alone. It's about time. And so we're never able to heal anything. And you could have a hundred table legs, but the way I like to approach it is to think to yourself or pull out a little tablet and just write down, why do I think I have this problem? What, what are my reasons and list them out. And, you know, I've had people list out like four pages line by line by line of why I think I have this problem and then give that tablet over 
to God and just say, you know what, I'm willing to be wrong about everything on that tablet. And it doesn't mean wrong like you don't know what you're doing. It means that there's an answer I don't understand. I'm willing to know that my judgment about these things, there's more than my judgment that's available here. And yeah. so just kind of thinking that you may not know the whole story and we're inviting the whole story. So be aware of where you are judging, forgive yourself, turn it over, ask yourself, you know, why do I think I have this? And very honestly, just give it to God and say, I am so willing to be wrong about this. That's the turning point. In chapter 30 of A Course in Miracles, it says the turning point is when you're willing to be wrong about all these reasons and judgments that you've been holding that problem together with. So again, when you make your list, it's not about you healing yourself. And I want to make that really clear because you would be putting a burden on yourself that is not useful and it will make you feel burdened. So when you make your list, it's just an exercise in awareness. You know, if I am holding uh, hot coals in my hand, and if somehow I don't know that, but my hands are burning, if I look down and I see that I'm holding hot coals, it would be easy to let them go, right? So it's it's kind of like looking at those areas where you learn they're they're very likely to be part of the problem, and you can just throw those off real quickly and just say, I am so willing to see every one of these things differently. I'm willing to see this person differently. I'm willing to see this relationship differently. In A Course in Miracles on page 362, it's called The Healed Relationship, and it says you can actually dedicate a relationship to be made holy. And all that means is just that it can be made of love. And you can get all the muck out of it. Like you can, you can turn a relationship over and ask God to heal it. And he describes what will happen when you do that. It's such a profound writing. And I think what I love most about it is it answers all of my unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. You know, it just provides solid answers that make sense. And then I don't feel like I'm just wandering around, you know, waiting for the next best answer kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> We're blown away. I wrote that down. I think that will help so many people. Yes. Um, okay. I have a good one. Um, why do bad things happen to good people or why do we go through challenging or tumultuous experiences? All right. Well, you're asking a very deep question. So I'm going to give you a deep answer. All right. Yes, good. Oh, we have one answers. So hopefully, and this is never to dismiss the pain or the discomfort that someone is going through. All right. Mm -hmm. So I am going to use myself as an example so that other people won't feel like they're offended by anything I might say. So as myself, I was molested at three years old and you might go, well, why is a three-year-old being molested? But one of the things that I've learned is that we have a consciousness and Part of what's happening in this world is the thoughts in our mind are being healed by the Holy Spirit, by God, right? So we have this opportunity here in the world to have certain thoughts healed. Now, certainly I didn't come into this world and think, oh, I hope I'll get molested. That's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. it, but it could very well be, and I can't say exactly what it looks like, but I accept that I probably did come into this world maybe with thoughts that said people aren't safe, people are mean, people do wrong things or dark things or evil things. Whatever I came in with in my mind that was kind of clouding my clarity, mm -hmm. I will actually have experiences that then mirror my consciousness. So I know you think, oh, a three-year-old, how could they know any of that? Well, I'll tell you that having two sons of my own that were very different and you Kim, also like, they can't be more different, right? They come in with a consciousness. And so it just means that maybe we're carrying some thoughts that still need healing. And it doesn't mean we intend that or mean that. So when bad things happen to good people, I think at some level in the mind, there was an acceptance of an idea that suffering is possible or pain is possible or that people are hurtful or mean or attacking. And so it's not about blame ever, ever, ever. But once we 
acknowledge that we are the dreamer of our dream. That's what A Course in Miracles calls it, that we are the dreamer of our dream. It says actually that when we have our nighttime dreams, and you know how we can have bad people in our nighttime dream, we can have good people. Well, it says that when we wake up, we recognize we were dreaming, that it didn't actually occur. But he says that we actually aren't all the way awake yet. <laughs> we think we are because we wake up every day to a continuing story. But he says, actually, you're in another layer of that dream. You're, you're still waking up. And he says this. It's so interesting when you start to see all the parts come together. But he says, the reason you don't wake up, do you guys want to know why we don't let ourselves wake up? Of course. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that a cool question? So <laughs> the reason that we don't is because of our special relationships. I mean, we have our kids and our parents and our dog and our cat and, you know, and, and, and so there's this idea that we have this life that we think is it the end all be all. And we won't let go of it. We think that that is all there is. And we actually won't let ourselves wake up. And so the Holy Spirit, our God intelligence is helping us to let go of some of those fearful thoughts and, and the accomplishment of the healing is by higher mind, not by us. But as all that stuff clears away out of our mind, then we go to a very happy state. He calls it the happy dream, which is where things work, which is where I live. I live in the happy dream now. I never did. But I do now, I, I'm healthier than I've ever been. It's not about the world and stuff, but I'm healthier than I've ever been. Every single relationship I have has been healed. Um, it, it, it's just that I live in a peaceful, happy place. I, I don't feel scared ever. I always feel guided er, every time. So you start to live a very happy dream under higher guidance, and then you're being prepared for a full awakening. And that's the awakened mind and you will actually awaken again into your God given state of grace and you will recognize it. We haven't forgotten it entirely. We've just gotten busy with other things. <laughs> so, right. And you yeah. can be that and you, you are proof that you can get into that happy dream state even and have your husband and have your kids involved and exactly you can have that. In fact, it's almost required. I, I took it that way. He doesn't say that specifically, but he says that your nightmares will kind of turn into happy dreams under higher guidance because you're being guided by the part of you that doesn't decide against you. God's will is your perfect happiness and for you to know his love and for you to experience that grace. And we're the ones that kind of ducked into a tunnel in our mind and then we thought the lights went out but the lights have never gone out and so we're kind of backing out of that tunnel in our mind under a perfect guide and so this is an awakening process and it's okay i just accept i'm a figure in your dream your figures in my dream and everyone is mirroring to each other what their belief system is so to some level even me being here today I must represent something like if you have an interest in what this material is or how to wake up or what's in the way, well, I can help you with that. And then to the degree that I am here to, you know, learn what you two are talking about and, you know, we will show up on each other's path because we are figures being brought into each other's dream and it will be a perfect alignment where we meet right in the middle. Yeah, and it's also and, for a negative situation as well. When people expect, you know, if somebody has a belief that they're not safe, they are likely to maybe meet someone that proves to them that they're not safe. So you get to be right about your belief. So those are the things we learn to be careful about. We don't want to be right about our negative beliefs. Mm -hmm. Are yeah, the negative beliefs? I know that's ego. Is and then the, does does free will tie in there? It's all free will. And I'm so glad you asked that because everything is about the power of choice and everything I'm talking about here, you can do it from your couch. Mm -hmm. So it's not about getting out there and slugging it out and trying to do so much or climb the mountain. You can do it from your couch. It's all healing of the mind, but it's all based on choice. You know, let's say I get a phone call that a loved one of mine, maybe they're 500 miles away. Maybe I just heard they got in an accident and now they're on the way to the hospital. And I am very tempted to be terrified, you know, just so worried about the whole thing. So right from my couch, there's a decision to be made out of my free will. 
as the dreamer of my dream. I can validate that situation and, and jump off. I call it onto the fear train. It's almost mm -hmm. like there's two trains in your mind and they both leave the station at the same time. And you have to decide which train you're going to get on. Those are my words, not of course miracles, but so, so the fear train, your ego is like, jump on my train. Let's go. You know, mm -hmm. And so you're getting ready to jump on the fear train, but that will lead nowhere. You're learning that the fear train will not bring you what you want. It will not bring the healing. In fact, it's likely to make matters worse. So before you jump on the fear train, you want to pause and consider stepping onto the peace train, remembering that it has a conductor. You don't have to run the train yourself, but that's where free will comes in is we are always deciding, am I going to validate this situation because it's actually the external picture of my thoughts and beliefs? Am I going to validate it and send it out again? Or am I going to be willing to see it differently? Am I going to be willing to welcome an entirely different outcome and experience? Am I willing to welcome a higher part of my mind that can see our way through this and it's not easy is it when you're mm -mm. When you're faced with that problem you're you're almost running to the fear train and you have to catch yourself and this yeah. is where that practice that spiritual practice comes in but if you know that you're not alone you know that there is an answer you know there is a comforting calming reassuring place to go you will not want to go anywhere else right so these are the things that you practice through free will Will I join with the ego and be an ego's ally or will I join with the real true part of my mind, my God intelligence and be an ally of God? And we are always at choice. And the teacher that we engage with, the teacher of peace or the teacher of pain, as I call it, the teacher you engage with is going to actually determine the outcome you will have. So right. free will is all along the way. Wow. Okay. Well, here's another good question. How does someone who has spent years in codependence heal the codependence so they can feel safe in life? I think one of the first things is to realize that you are not your own healer. So stop trying. You're not your own healer. You know, if you got yourself lost in a downtown area, are you the one to find your way out maybe it could take a while but wouldn't you rather ask someone that knows and will lead you there lovingly and swiftly right yeah. so whatever someone is facing here today you might feel that you have tried every single thing you know and it has failed and so i just ask that you forgive yourself forgive the process forgive the problem and just recognize i am not my own healer I am the one that needs the help, not the one that is in the position to give the help. In A Course in Miracles, he's saying, you need me. <laughs> Call on me. You need me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm here to help you. That is my function. So it's almost like we're trying to be the heart surgeon for our own heart surgery. And yeah. it just doesn't work that way. And we're so used to doing so much on our own. And I get it too. I mean, it feels like you are on your own and you feel like, well, I have to pay the bills. Who else is going to pay the the bills. And so we've taught ourselves some bad habits of trying to wing it and survive. And so we want to acknowledge I am not my own healer. I do have help. I'm going to go get my help. Secondly, when it's a lifelong problem, I think we want to hold a willingness that just because it's a lifelong problem doesn't make it true or real. It does not define you. See, we use, again, free will, like you mentioned, we use the situation to validate that it's real and true and we are stuck. We have to stop that today. We have to imagine that we are not our past and that we are free of the past, even declare it. It doesn't mean you even believe it yet, but you must declare it. It's about free will. The reason we must declare it is because higher consciousness is perfect love and love will never decide for us. It will never impose, invade, control, take over our mind. So in order for higher consciousness to intervene on our behalf, which we want, but if we have decided that we are a lost cause or there's no way out or no way through, higher consciousness kind of has to wait until we change our mind because yeah. otherwise it would be an attack on our mind which divine love will never do. So 
our part is the invitation. You know, in the Miracles and Prayer Book, which anyone can pick up a free copy at freeprayerbook.com, there's a part in there, I think it might be number 13, there's 150 prayers for everyday living. There's a part in there called the invitation. And it's just about just going to God with the problem and saying, take it, you know, <laughs> and I invite you to take it over and show me what needs to happen here. The words are there. You don't even have to think about it. Just read those words out loud to yourself. And the invitation is so important to just say, you know, God, I don't know how to solve this. You know, in the course, it says that the words I do not know are the scariest words to the ego because our ego always thinks it knows. It always decides, it always speaks first. So when we declare, I don't know this answer, we're abandoning our teacher of pain, which is what is called for. And we're re-engaging with our teacher of peace. And it's okay to not know the answer. I think going into it and just knowing that I don't know the answer and it's okay not to know the answer. And now I'm going to call on the part of my mind that has the answer. And I am not going to decide against myself. You remember that's most important because if I decide, well, I've prayed before and it didn't work or well, you know, so we do that. We use the past again mm -hmm. and again against ourselves. So release the past, free yourself from it, even just for five minutes, imagine your life as if you did not have this problem, extend that invitation, make that reservation for peace, and ask higher consciousness to decide for you about this. And you're going to see things start to shift rather quickly. But if you don't see that, it usually is a sign that there's still an investment in the problem and being right about the problem. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's helpful to have these tools to notice where you're doing that. And so you can hear the voice tell you what needs to happen about that. Wow. Oh, yes. So helpful, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I realize all these changes I still need to make. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, um, as for our last question, I, if someone like me, I'll admit, um, I've always had issues with OCD thoughts and I feel like I've conquered them. It's when just crazy thoughts go over and over again. Like I had, I'll give you an example. When I was maybe 19, I read this book and it made me start thinking about the meaning of life, but I hadn't yet delved into stuff like that. So it became overwhelming for me and I became very obsessive about it to where I couldn't stop thinking about it, even if I was at a movie or a concert. And it was really, it was just like turmoil because my mind wouldn't shut off. And over the years, I've learned, you know, to give it to God, to throw the thoughts away, to shift the thoughts to you know, windshield wipe it and make a clean slate, all of that. But sometimes something comes up and triggers them to start again. And so these are fear-based. What would you say is a great solution for those of us who have those negative thoughts popping up? Okay, I call that shut the back door. <laughs> I have all these silly names so that you'll remember, right? But it's like this. It's like you're standing in a house of peace. It's beautiful. It's lovely. You love your house, right? But the back door is open and all this sewage water is pouring in, right? So <laughs> wherever it came from, the past, past experiences. So it's like our mind is being flooded with fear thoughts and judgments. And what about this? What about that? Obsessing. So we have to shut the back door. One of the things that it sounds like you're doing right now is that you're being great about, I want to see the truth instead of this. I want God's help instead of this. But remember, it's so important to refuse to validate the problem as you see it. Remember, we are the dreamer of our dream. So let's say that idea about being OCD. The first thing I would do is declare out loud or in prayer, or you could say it silently too. But when I'm alone, I say it out loud. And I would just say, you know, dear God, thank you that I cannot be OCD. That's shutting the back door. I'm not in denial. I am deciding through free will. I am deciding that I am not the story I have made. I am as God created me. God created me as eternal, holy, perfect, innocent, blessed, abundant, safe, provided for. So that's my true self. I'm not a body. 
I'm not an OCD body. I am not my past. I am not my mistakes. I am not my failures. So when you start to see a story forming about yourself that you have made, we need to refuse the story so that we can open the door in our mind to our true self. Every problem in my mind after studying the course is an identity problem. And that means that we forget who we are. So saying I cannot be OCD. And the reason you cannot be is because God didn't create it. What God mm -hmm. created, I, I use three things as kind of a little rule of thumb. What God created is eternal, changeless, and of love. So being OCD certainly not eternal. It's a finite condition, could go on for a while, but it can certainly end, right? And then also, is it temporary or changeless, changeable or changeless? Well, it's changeable. You could have it one day, not the next. So it's not changeless. And is it of love? Well, I don't think so. It doesn't feel very loving. It doesn't strike you as loving, right? So it's failed all three of those criteria. And we only need one to call it a lie. One. So just it gives your mind something to chew on to go, okay, this is not the truth because God didn't create me to be OCD, me to be a body that could have OCD. So on that premise, I'm going to shut the door on that for five minutes. I'm not saying the rest of your life, but you're giving higher consciousness room to intervene and heal your thoughts that are producing that story. You're always looking at projection, but that healing can't take place until you refuse your own story. You don't have to be good at it. You don't even have to believe it, but you must choose it. That's where power of choice, it's about everything. So shutting that back door means, you know, even if I'm in fear about it, what if I never get over this? I have to declare to myself, wait a minute, I, I, I'm already over it because it's not true in the first place. God did not create this condition. Therefore, I am not required to suffer. And now that prepares me for higher consciousness to intervene and help me with it. And you think, well, why can't higher consciousness just get on in there earlier? You know, but it's because yeah. we're engaging illusions about ourselves versus the truth about ourselves. And remember, you can only do one or the other. Mm -hmm. It says it over and over. You cannot have both. Sometimes we wish we could, but we can't. So that's about shut that back door, Kim. That's the, probably the quickest way. Turn the problem over. Listen to the guide within you, which is in within every single person that knows this answer and is going to teach you all about who you really are. And it has nothing to do with OCD. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Yes. Okay. I'm going back. I I just got in a course in miracles out like three days ago. So I'm going uh -oh, back following you around again. <laughs> studying. Yes. Yes. I'm ready. So thank you, Robin. You are um, welcome. Yeah. Gosh, me and Eden are, we're going to have some long conversations about this. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's we're going to have way. to, yeah, I, I've never gotten the book, but I'm, I think you sold me. Uh, <laughs> it's is a there a how-to book and it, it's it's deep yeah um, and that's why everything i do is to try to put it into very practical words tools tips and then when you actually go to read the book you go oh i know what this means you know because okay. i use just uh simple explanations i guess that's part of my calling everybody has their own little gift and little way so that's what yeah. i love Okay, well, my next question was going to be, or our last question, how can we find you? So can you tell everybody about what that is that you you have available? Sure, well, you know, we're working on a lot of things at once. I would say the first thing is check out A Course in Miracles.tv. We just started a new online TV show and it's episodes with uh, different course principals and teachers. We're now taking that to a 24-7 streaming show and that'll be ready at some point soon. Uh, go to freeprayerbook.com, which is the miracles and prayer book. It's 150 prayers and everyday living, like dealing with difficult people and financial problems and health issues. And you just print it out and it, and it has brought or helped people to receive so many miracles. So be sure to do that for yourself. I have a store called miraclecenterstore.com, which is just where my products and events are listed there. 
we have so many free materials. There's uh, one at ACIM for A Course in Miracles, ACIMAudioLessons.com. And then you can subscribe free and you get a lesson every day from A Course in Miracles, along with a little quick, easy to understand commentary by me. And then you, you, list, you just listen. They're about five minutes each. And you go through those 365 lessons. It will be the most transformative year of your life. And then another all free website, which is 20 years of my work that I was guided to put on there for free is miraclesforliving.org. So everything's free. You just set up a free account and you're good to go. You can start clicking and listening and watching and printing and all that. And I do have a personal coaching group. It's called Mighty Companions. If somebody would like to be in part of that personal coaching group, it's still very, very reasonable. Uh, it's like $6 a meeting or something. So we meet twice a month, uh, very inexpensive. So just shoot me an email, robin at a course in miracles.tv, and I can help you with that or send you some samples. And uh, last is I'm working on a, a book now called Ego's Playbook. Super excited about it. And we'll be doing an online course to give you those tools where you can just really stand up to that part of your mind that is so relentless. And you will have the tools and even the videos and you'll know what to do and you'll feel confident, calm. Mm -hmm ready <laughs> so that you wow. can shut that door and then automatically the other door will feel like it opened even though it's always open wow okay. thank you robin you are such an inspiration and i think you're i mean i feel so inspired and you always inspire me and um all of our listeners are going to get so much out of this and it's just very life-changing. So thank you for everything. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. That was so much fun. So yes. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Everybody have a great one and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye Bye, everyone. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.